What's up everyone? It is me, Albert. This is Interactive Artistry and it is episode 141 and I am joined by Sean, aka The Law Hunter. How are you doing today, Sean? I, I'm doing very well. Thank Fantastic. you. Fantastic. You're doing well and you're sounding very well. I'm glad we um we worked out all the recording stuff via Discord. So yeah. the Discord Yeah, gods. I mean, is, is it a podcast if there's not a uh, problem? <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Had you experienced a bit of this when you were on with um, Bonfireside? That I I did I did all right with that, but um, you know I've I've had my my hiccups and my glitches. I think my worst one was about ninety minutes of downtime as someone had to like wow download. It was through Skype and they had to download Skype like three or four times, and they used some weird hack where they had to make a new account. Okay. I don't even know what was happening, but that's crazy. Well, for um, <laughs> for some of the listeners who may not know um, what you do and who you are, if you wanted to give a quick spiel uh, of just the awesomeness in my, and that's for me to say, I'm I'm I tend to kind of let my emphatic Mediterranean grandma side out, who's like super proud and like cheek cheek pinchingly proud. Like I'll get <laughs> into that later. Needless to say, I'm I'm a big big admirer of your work and i think what you do for the medium and for the art form and especially obviously for the soul series um uh, I've, I've said it before in the letters i've even like shared it as like yeah i can't help myself but um but yeah have to just say it like you, what you do with secure in particular first of all i think it's the be all end all of of secure coverage it's just so methodical it's like if you love your like super passed through like and you even have it in the form of appendices 1.1 1.2 so so yeah if i can just just lay that out there so people sort of know my context with you but uh, yeah for, for the folks who don't know what you do go ahead oh well first of all thank you very much um <laughs> what what i do is uh uh, at least as with regards toward uh, Sekiro, is that um, I I have a series on YouTube called Sekiro So Far, and basically I'm just collecting the information. And um, sort of the basis for that is that you know if I was making videos or not, my habit since I think Dark Souls Two has been I just collect links and posts and theories and. Uh, you know, at a certain point, I decided to not be so selfish and actually share that out with other people because <laughs> because it's fine to collect it all for myself. But um, the lore hunter uh, as a as my thing started with Bloodborne, and that was collecting lore content mm. that people were making about the game. And uh, with that, I decided at a certain point, you know, I liked writing theories, I liked collecting theories. And then I sort of pivoted and decided to actually share that out with people and collect them all in one place. And yeah. Sekiro so far is collecting that with the sort of caveat that um, I'm pretty objective. I like to think I do slip some speculation and subjectivity into the series, but there's when, when you're in pre-release, there's a lot of rumors and theories and stuff that gets put out as fact, but isn't necessarily true or it's from a leak. So Sekiro so far has sort of been my attempt to provide people with one place where it's like, here's what a developer has said, mm. or here's what, you know, was written by someone who experienced the game, not just, not just theories and sort of cross-referencing everything and trying to come up with sort of a clear picture of what Sekiro looks like, at least at the time of when it's being covered. 
Excellent. Yeah. And if I may lay a bit more sugar on you, man, it's constructive sugar, not just purely effusive sugar. I need to say this about how you lay out your videos. So I myself have had have dabbled a bit with editing. I, I don't think I could. It would take me like a course or something to get to even the first few steps of where you're at as far as I'm concerned, because what you do with your videos, they're the perfect length, I would say around, yeah, 15, sometimes a bit over uh, that mm. mark there. Um, um, just so generous and considerate of the listener's time and the viewer's time. Everything's really beautifully edited. Whenever you pull up a quote, it, it fades out. It The quote is crystal clear with the wonderful sort of faded background. Um, the, you know, the tidbits you've added there from Japanese mythology and history itself is so educational and enriching. So, um, and I've often had this, uh, it's the same with Vati, for example. I consider you guys to be definitely like scholarly peers, you know, um, and what I find is that um, very much as I expressed to him recently on the secular subreddit same same with you with yourself man like it doesn't feel like a complete uh, souls born experience unless there's the law hunter coverage you know it's like it's like <laughs> the the aperitif or, or the enhancer that you go in and because you followed along with a law hunter or a vati vidya you're going into this thing primed and enhanced and appreciative and um primed to recognize all these tidbits so you're doing um, it might be like the sharing of it might be a side effect of you just wanting to have this compendium for yourself and it's the secondary thing but needless to say i'm sure i don't I, I speak for everyone tuning in and, and who's aware of your works that it's like you're seriously enhancing so many people's experience of the game man so i just wanted to thank you oh well thank you yeah yeah you know i uh i i apparently don't have too much of a life hey, shut the fuck up <laughs> this, this, this is what I, this is what i like to do and uh, no, it's great you know, I'm, 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 yeah i'm hoping I'm, I'm glad to hear that you're you're taking stuff out of it and i've gotten yeah. really good feedback and yeah, you know, I know some people like to go in blind and not know stuff, but you know, I've always, I've kind of enjoyed, you know, the discussions and the discussion we'll have today because yeah, I, I guess I just like being hyped. I, I love I'm being hyped. See, I'm excited to see the potential of something and, you know, and then afterward and part of the series is it's supposed to be an archive. So then once it comes out, we can sort of evaluate what we thought we knew and yeah. I sort of like that comparison because we know things are going to change, especially from software, you know, just their, their style is they, they'll say one thing and sometimes you have to kind of interpret it. So okay. it's sort of interesting to take those quotes and sort of, you know, see how it bears out and at least, yeah, like you said, go into Sekiro knowing what they wanted you to get out of it yeah. and then sort of compare that against what it ends up being. Indeed, indeed. So I would say maybe if uh, Vati is more on the sort of because he adds um, some of the like he he adds his stories, you know, obviously the prepare to cry stuff, and he's on that kind of uh, almost um, almost like radio play kind of thing where he's adding these flourishes, mm -hmm. and then there's this scholarly aspect. So I would say he's maybe on the the theater scholar, but you would say I would say you'd call you like a chronicler scholar of it and um i actually met vati uh, in 2016 at an event in sydney i was um i went over uh it was like a patreon thing so if you ever throw like a patreon exclusive event i will <laughs> light a fire under my ass and like somehow fly over and be a part of that exclusive <laughs> the law hunter lounge <laughs> you know yeah. you gotta throw something like that man <laughs> for sure well, that, that would be awesome <laughs> for sure for sure um but yeah so that's how i'd categorize you and i've often said very very um, earnestly that uh, the Soulsborne series is 
the go-to series for if you want an example of this medium essentially constituting a field of study. Like the amount of, uh, you know, collaboration and it's like legitimately scholarly, like basically digital archiving and digital archaeology uh, is, and I consider you very much in that pantheon of the Red Graves, the Jerks on Frontier, you know. Um, mm. Yeah, so there's that. Yeah, so I, and I was just wanted to get your take on that about how Sol's particular ability to do that and uh, if you think Sekiro will continue that lineage. Oh, I, I definitely think it will. And um, yeah, like it mentioning like jsf redgrave um aegon of astora aegon's bloodborne series it was sort of the same time as doing lore hunter stuff but he was sort of uh aegon's uh let's talk lore is sort of what kicked me into doing videos more awesome because you know my because my my main thing is trying to disseminate information and you know using my time and i have a i have a blog for bloodborne but i wanted to do stuff with videos and yeah, yeah, you're very well suited def- to it. I think it's your most natural medium, uh, to be honest. Yeah, it, yeah, I think it's 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 definitely the easiest. Like, because I listen to a ton of podcasts and YouTube, it's a way I listen to information. And uh, sort of, I agree that that scholarly approach um, in Aegon's Let's Talk Lore, especially about Bloodborne, um, I think is 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 great evidence for mm. the Soulsborne series being more than capable of being analyzed on this really microscopic level as well as this really like large, you know, thematic, um, holistic level. And, um, I think Sekiro would definitely follow in that in the sense that, um, you know, much like Bloodborne is covering all this, you know, Lovecraftian concepts and also a bunch of, you know, as JSF shows in his videos, a lot of, um, you know, more Japanese concepts about like corruption that's right. Um, I think I think Sekiro will follow with some of those themes, but also, you know, they've now tapping into um, you know Japanese mythology. There's this whole new thing where they're able to lean into some of these things that they've previously just kind of hinted toward. Yeah. You know, especially with the you know I don't I'm learning as I go, which is exciting because mm. my background with Japanese mythology and even you know Japanese media isn't something I I don't have a lot of cachet with. So I'm hoping you're you know, furnishing yourself stuff, with knowledge. Yeah, exactly. I'm, I'm learning as I go and I, I, you know, I'm finding it really interesting to learn about, you know, Shinto Buddhism and all this stuff because mm. it's going to be insecure. If, if you've been paying attention at all, there's enough Buddhist statues to definitely hint someone, Indeed. you know, that, that, that stuff is all going to be there. And, you know, I think, I think it'll be really interesting to see their take on kind of their own mythology, That's you know, right. which is, which is fun because, you know, Miyazaki always has his his quote about how, you know, Dark Souls and stuff sort of comes from he read a lot of like Western stories, a lot of stuff he didn't quite understand. And he's already always reading above his level. Yeah. So it's kind of fun because at least for me as someone is as a Westerner who doesn't know much about, you know, Japanese mythology, it's kind of fun to like kind of get to be in Miyazaki's shoes for exactly. one of his own games. <laughs> mm. And and really with a creator like himself, you know, some of, a lot of the time, uh, you know, the community love him for something which is very much, it's just, it's who he is, which is this unique creator and this person who is, um, you know, he, he wants to challenge himself always. And it's, 
you know, there's this kind of, I would say, endearing relationship that's, you know, with the with the fan base and with the community that they love him and they want more of it. But for him to continue being who he is, he needs to innovate. And yet they want him to keep making. And I think we saw the Vegas brush with a, a, like a tired Miyazaki. We saw a little bit of that around about the Dark Souls 2 and 3. And, and 3 like is, is artistically uh, like right up there with Bloodborne, like some of the um, what was what was it able to be achieved like conceptually and and like there was he still put himself into it but I'm sure you would agree Sean like insecure like there is a revitalized Miyazaki in these interviews in these articles you hear him talking so excitedly and I and I, I I speculated on the subreddit that it may have something to do with him maybe tapping into his like oh I was a young kid in Japan watching Dororo which was this yeah series about this um shinobi with um you know like a demon shinobi with like removable prosthetic arms and you know some of his ninja scroll stuff and and like maybe like going to his roots so um what have you heard about that and what are your thoughts on that yeah i mean i think that's definitely true you can just tell you know like from from the game informer coverage and just in interviews that you know miyazaki and fromsoft are excited which is yeah. what was what i want i I'm I'm when it comes to them making a game I mostly want them to be excited and then I'll just follow along with whatever themes or topics they're covering because yeah that's when they're certainly most creative and and you know I think you, I think I think that's a that's an interesting you know way to view it as like going back to his like you know roots or childhood because you know on on a sense like you know we all grow up with mythologies you know I grew up with Greek mythology Norse mythology and stuff mm. and so you know, I'm, you know, I'm assuming, but you know, you sort of learn about those things in school and growing up. And so it, it does have an interesting connection that all those mythologies have this tie to your childhood and, you know, yeah. your younger years. And I feel like, you know, that has to, that has to be true for the, the fantastical world they're creating with Sekiro, but also from a company level, I sort of covered um, in, in an earlier, not Sekiro so far video, but I think FromSoft, they've made Dark Souls and they're it's excited done. and they're exactly. proud of what they've done. But Miyazaki said, this isn't where I want to end. Of you know, course. this isn't, I don't want to just be the Dark Souls guy. And yeah. um, so as a company, with, by, by tapping into stuff like Tenchu and going back to Japan, like a lot of FromSoft, actually, there isn't a whole lot of the old guard left. You know, they, they, they're there, but there's a, it's a pretty young company. Yeah. And, I think they're trying to get back to their roots, like you're saying, like with Miyazaki and his childhood, mm -hmm. potentially with the mythology, but then also as a company with stuff like Deracine and t tapping into stuff like Echo Knight and then with, you know, Sekiro tapping into Tenchu, I think they're really exploring their identity and their heritage. And, right. I, and I would be surprised if that didn't come through in Sekiro on multiple levels as, you know, you can already tell. Like I, I don't have a lot of history with the Tenchu series, but just watching some Wrath of Heaven footage, yeah. you can tell like, like there's there's that DNA is there, and it's it's I think it's more integral to the game than people give it credit. Like hmm. you can just tell from a simple standpoint that when the enemies' names pop up in the top left, people are like, oh, why isn't it appearing as a health bar on the bottom? And I'm like, you know, I'm pretty sure that's a Tenchu reference. That's a Tenchu like, even, reference. Even in, nice one. Even in the UI, like throwing their names up in the top left corner is where enemies' names appear in Tenchu, at least Wrath of Heaven. That's excellent. That actually um, segues me um, into what I figured would provide the structure for our chat, which is this 
wonderful post. I read it on the way home from work. On my walk home from work by um, user Ray, uh, Ray, Ray Y. Okay, let's just rake your own leaves is what it is. But it's spelled <laughs> R-A-Y-K instead of R-A-K-E. So rake your own leaves, put this um, wonderful uh, kind of compendium together where about uh, nine, 10 or nine days uh, from the release of the game. But this... You know, I commented later after reading the whole thing, I was like, you need to step up. And, and after this is, after the game's finished, you need to like make the Pale Blood Hunt, uh, you know, Redgrave mm -hmm. style for Sekiro because this is brilliant. And um, so I don't know, did you get a chance to read that one when I sent that to you? Yeah, I I, I did read through it. Yeah. And, um, what yeah, do you th think? This will be fun because mm. I'm pretty restrained with my speculation, but I think there's there's some good stuff here. There's <laughs> some good stuff. And, and I figured, you know, as you were adding some, some uh, you know, you mentioned about Tenchu, that little reference. And, you know, as we go through, I figured we would do the uh, the interactive artistry-sponsored Law Hunter annotated version of this post <laughs> <laughs> for the people, like, tweedily wrapping their blankets around them by the windowsill. I go fully mind's eye theater. I'm not sure if you've heard of the. I really, like, if I could, I'm in camera now. I'm in this, like, I'm, I'm in my room or whatever. But the power of the, the the theater of the mind, Sean, is you know yeah. the, the roaring <laughs> fireplace. Surely, I'm sure you can get with the vibe. Um, all right, so I'll read the whole thing, and you jump in with annotations, and we'll sort of park uh, the car, so to speak, um, where it sort of feels most natural. So this was posted four hours ago, and it says, Sekiro Story Theory, Sp Spoilers for Trailers, Gameplay, and Item Descriptions. Um, so they say, I posted a theory a couple of days ago, and I've tweaked it. If this is your sort of thing, enjoy. Note, no trophy spoilers are used. Right, so a little bit, little bit of a, a spiel on, on what this guy's done. Basically, he's written an outline, uh, a summary, essentially, for the whole game. And um, it fits. You know, what are your sort of preliminary thoughts on, on what he's actually written before we dive in, Sean? You know, I, you know, I always, like, for Bloodborne, I was, like, full-on speculative which is why I tend to be more because I, I didn't, I didn't hit anything practically with my theories, <laughs> you know, which, which is fine. I think yeah. part of the fun is just having fun with the idea and seeing what can happen, you know, and keeping your expectations in check. Yeah. Um, but you know, the theory, like, you know, so I sort of go in a little bit critical just cause I'm like, you know, you know, from, from soft is always doing these things. I could never guess in a million years, but reading through it and I was, you know, there, there's, there's, this outline that feels pretty right. And at least in the sense that like, I could definitely see some of these story beats happening. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, I it, it was, it was a surprising, it, it feels surprisingly good. I, I'm, I definitely think it's, it's a possibility yeah. and, um, yeah, it's, it's, and it's a fun read Excellent. <laughs> for, Excellent. Sure, so. for sure. Well, I actually, before we go in, I have to mention, so to use a D Y I R, uh, in Dirin, who shared your desktop, which has the new tagline "Rise from Every Fall," um, I said I'd give you a shout out. So here you go, my friend. Um, peace out. Awesome. And yeah, he just posted. Um, he's everyone's. Sean, you can feel it in the subreddit. People are really like the hype is starting to really like like climb, so to speak. Using mm -hmm. the shinobi, um, it's starting to grapple hook upwards. If you're talking, to, if if we're gonna use um, really daggy and lame uh, shinobi puns, and shinobi puns are welcome on the show if you come up with any. Radio. So, if you've read um, the phenomenal, incomparable uh, "The Pale Blood Hunt" by DMC Redgrave you know you will know exactly how this kind of structure goes it's basically a condensed version of that it's speculative entirely because obviously people haven't played the game but it does tap into um 
obviously a lot of what um, has been revealed in the latest kind of first four hours of gameplay and he's pro- obviously d- dived straight into um all the way into item descriptions and such so it's informed but not by the trophy list which is would actually be spoilers and, and i've been uh, avoiding the the trophy list spoilers anyway so let's crack on so in ancient times a dragon god, let's call him Reptar for shits and giggles. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Shout out to Rugrats. So this uh, dragon god blesses the Hirata clan, an off-branch of the Ashina family, with dragon heritage as a reward for their continued devotion. Reptar is a multidimensional being who lives on a spiritual plane of existence and has a close association with Buddha himself. A line of shinobi are appointed as the protectors of the Hirata lineage. How about for each of these sections, Sean? You give it a a spec like a, a percentage of likelihood. So on your on your end, what do you reckon? Is that around about a sixty seventy percent chance of that being the one of the elements of the background of the world of Sekiro? Something like that. Yeah, I, I mean, you, you can see that because I mean, in all the interviews, they're talking about you know deities and stuff. So a dragon god, you know, dragon's heritage. I can definitely see there being someone behind that stuff. Mm. Um, you know, one note just based off of the, uh, at least the story stuff we saw on the the Japanese website and then translated onto a tote bag. Interestingly <laughs> enough, well done. Um, I believe that uh, in I'm my I'm mostly remembering the Japanese website, so forgive me if they translated it differently on the tote bag, but um, um, I believe that just a a very I don't think it changes the plot at all, but I believe that they describe the young Lord as being a ward of the, Her- of Harada, one of, uh, one of, uh, it's in uh, the Ashina clan's chief vassals. Mm. So one thing about this reading that is a little bit different from my own assumptions of knowledge of what's happening is that, you know, the young Lord is coming from a different clan than Harada. Right. But, and he's sort of taken in, in my, I, I I'm going to, I can let loose here and speculate a you little certainly bit. Can. Um, and, uh, so my sort of, I don't think it changes the setup, but I think that there was a clan that during Ashina's rise was eliminated, mm. except for the young Lord, which still brings in the wrath of gods and, you know, all that, all that stuff that will follow. Yeah. But, um, you know, at least from my understanding is he's sort of taken as a, perhaps a spoil of war. That's right. That's that's a, something in in Japanese history that I've read up about, and also it would reflect, you know, um, the wolf himself being the lone survivor of that battlefield. So maybe there's that enhances the narrative of him feeling mm. even more protective over the young lord because he was the the lone survivor of his own tragedy. Exactly. I think I think there's going to be a lot of a lot of ties to them. You know, yeah. it's you know not not to go off on it, but I'm interested in the so well, there's obviously the shinobi protecting the lord. And, you know, the Lord and retainer is sort of the dynamic, but I've been curious about the game. If, if it's setting it up as like a, you know, with, with the owl as like, you know, the owl is obviously kind of like a, he's a father figure yeah. to the wolf. And I'm, I'm curious to know what the wolf sort of his relationship is with the young Lord. If it is a similar, like, or like a father-son sort of dynamic, or if it's more of like a brother dynamic, or, you know, I'm curious to know what their relationship is actually like. That's right. And if I were to add something to this um, kind of setup here about like the clan and and, and all this. Um, So we've seen a little bit of, um, you know, on 
like the figure especially that's come out for the from the collector's edition it's more it's pronounced there but also in the, even in the the reveal trailer you can see it clear as day is the um what what some are saying is the dragon rod but it could be something different but we can we can call it that for now it's the the marking under Sekiro's mm. right eye um and that sort of silvery kind of marking right now if i think about sort of the young lord and i think about this lineage and i you know i'm wondering if like yeah like there's there's stuff later on in, in this in this speculative kind of um outline that discusses uh, it sort of calls into question a bit uh you know like the morals of of of, of this family that are supposedly like divinely blessed and I wanted to ask you, um, just at this early stage, uh, on the mo- on on the moralistic side, like to be chosen by the gods, it's great. You have the power and everything, and you have this, um, yeah, it's this this unique feature, and it's it certainly somewhat evokes, you know, Yarnum, you know, the blood. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and also, I figured I'd, I'd I'd pause here and sort of say, what what did you think in terms of? Um, I f- I feel this guy may have taken a bit of Bloodborne and maybe traced a little bit of Sekiro over it. He used, I think, he's used the Bloodborne a little bit as as a structure for this one don't you think yeah yeah i I think i think it's there and i don't think it's i don't even think it's uh it's it's misguided because obviously there's the blood but um you know and just um sort of going into the weed just for a minute is if you were familiar with the cut content of bloodborne Mm. the original plot of bloodborne was you traveling to yarnum with your with your friend whose name i think was lawrence Oh. And you were spending most of the game trying to find Lawrence because you became separated from each other. Yeah. And so just on one level, I, I can't help but feel like Sekiro is in some ways a fulfillment of some of, of maybe concept. the narrative ideas Miyazaki was kicking around that he mm. never got to like fully implement. So I don't, you know, so I wouldn't, I would be surprised if we didn't get some of those vibes and you can already kind of see him with the blood and the, you know, it's, it's sort of, uh, tropes of FromSoft mm. at this point to have like a sort of curse and you know with the dragon rot yeah, and um, to have fits. blood, but but yeah, I think I think it fits in not knowing where the story is going and I, it's it's not a bad place to start with. That is some A class annotation, man. I can just hear the quill <laughs> the quill scratchings in the margins is what we were doing as <laughs> we as we read this tome. Okay, we'll we'll, we'll press on. So. A couple or a few decades before the beginning of our story. So these are just the chapter headings. An army commanded by the Ashina Ishin rises and takes control over the land. Now we're going to have a few listeners who don't know what Ishin means. So if you wanted to elucidate. If you didn't um, know, I, that's okay. <laughs> I um, suppose I, it, I suppose actually, it, it no, means like I, a... I'm ready, I'm, I'm ready to be the uh, the student in this okay. case because I'm not familiar. Okay, so Ishin uh, with the, the the blessings of Google is is what we're gonna do. <laughs> <laughs> so Ishin is that a term? Alexa. <laughs> oh, so it's um it's a Japanese restaurant in Forest Hill. Great. Um, okay, that's this, probably the reference. <laughs> this is no, 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 Ishin Japanese meaning. Okay. Come on now, Google. Okay, Ishin Denshin is a Japanese idiom which denotes a form of interpersonal communication through unspoken or mutual understanding. Okay, um, in this case, what I'm going to take it to mean, I don't think that's accurate. I'm going to take it to mean like like a clan. So the Ashina Ishin, right? Rises and takes mm. control over the land. A man named Owl adopts a scavenger, young Sekiro. Um, and also, it, it bugs me a little that he calls him Sekiro because it's literally like, I think Miyazaki said, it's not his name. Sekiro just describes what happened to him. It's now he's yeah. a one-armed wolf, but his name is Wolf. So 
So I might just uh, amend that as I go. So he found the, the wolf, the owl found the wolf on the battlefield and trains him to be one of the shinobi protectors of the Hirata clan. The Hirata clan, safe and secure in the Hirata estates, lives under the rule of the newly formed Ashina state. Ishin begins to look for a, a new ways to extend their power, so like the, the conquering clan, which makes sense. I think uh, that's pretty um, uh, uh, reasonable for you know a, a conquering force to want to secure their power and and that for me is a uh, you know that's a that's a stable narrative anchor point from which to have that plot of you know seeking power and seeking to to retain power what do you think sean is that that's pretty um yeah 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 that that, that makes sense and, yeah. you know and it, you can go back to like dark souls what is what is gwyn trying to do he's trying to hold on to power he's afraid of losing exactly and and I think that's exactly it here, especially given the background of a warring states period, hmm. is you're always kind of on the brink of collapse. So That's right. And it further underlines, as he's been underlining, Miyazaki, he's been underlining the sentence with every game. It's like, if you mess with nature and if you have this concept of not <laughs> wanting to let go, literally everyone around you suffers, including you and the world and nature itself becomes twisted and time and stuff. It's like all of his tales have this undercurrent of... If you get anxious and you can't flow with life's changes and like the shifting, you know, like look at the seasons, like the world doesn't eternally belong to either winter, or autumn or spring. It like it passes from one season to the next. And so he's like, if you fuck with that, if you mess with yeah. that um, and you try to freeze time or freeze ownership, um, like nature has a way of punishing. So is that a thread, a thread that you've picked up on or um, anything that you wanted to add to that, Sean, throughout the, the Soulsborne games? Uh, no, I mean, I, I agree with that. And, uh, you know, I think it'll be interesting because, you know, I think that's, that's really, uh, a, a, an important part of just like Buddhist beliefs in Shinto, yeah. you know, you have, you have the yin and yang as will be talked about. So like this sort of idea of, you know, balance and like sort of accepting things as the way they are yeah. is, is, I, you know, I think, I think that'll come through it strongly just as it has in the previous games i think that's just one of his philosophical foundations upon which he then does creative works absolutely i'll take this moment to advise uh everyone listening and including sean if you haven't heard of it uh ocarina of time a masterclass in subtext by good blood you may have seen that sean by any chance or it, I am I am not familiar with that's it. That's okay. It is a 33-minute um, documentary. It's probably, okay. alongside what you yourself do, my friend, like treating this material so so beautifully and and um that what i sort of tapped into there as you and what you referenced is actually what you said that made me think of it it actually analyzes ocarina of time through the lens of shinto beliefs mm. um and i think you'd uh, really love it so i'll put that one in the description and i'll send it to you on discord man so Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. And um, I'm just as a slate thing, you actually it's just sparked something in my mind, and I think it'll come up. But um, you know, it, I know this mostly from Bloodborne, but this idea of trying to keep things still, yeah, and like um, freeze something in time is, you know, that goes back into what I think is a Shinto belief of a uh, kegare, or uh, you know, this corruption, this idea of like still waters. It comes out in Dark Souls Three as well. Yes. Where there's the deep, and the idea of the deep is basically, you know it's it's a stillness that lets this stuff float you know sink to the bottom and so you know yeah. by 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 not accepting these ebbs and flows of power um you know I, stagnate. I'm, I'm positive kegare will be you know I, that was the first thing i thought of when they mentioned dragon rot 
mm. was, you know, the idea of Kegari of, you know, this, you know, going against stuff, you know, not flowing with life, but going against it and trying to like hold something in place. Excellent. I will, um, to follow up and further annotate your annotation, my friend, Kegare from Wikipedia, <laughs> is the Japanese term for a state of pollution and defilement, important particularly, particularly in Shinto as a religious term. Typical causes of Kegare are the contact with any form of death, childbirth for both parents, so there's your bloodborne there, um, mm-hmm. uh, disease and menstruation. In Shinto, Kegare is a form of tsumi or taboo violation, which needs to be somehow remedied by the person responsible. Uh, this condition can be remedied through purification rites uh, called misogi and harai. Okay, um, and we may encounter that uh, as something where we're maybe repairing the world state in some way, um, which I don't think... Has, has Dark Souls... No, it's not... I mean, he's they've, we return the lords to their molding thrones, but we don't actually want to improve the world. We want to, you know... <laughs> there's no there's no improvement of world state in any of the Soulsborne games, correct? No. No, yeah, there's there's... There's, it never gets better. I think at most they're trying to get back to zero. Yeah, that's right. So <laughs> I, I'm, but I'm so excited, um, Sean, just to also just express this that that you know to hear like when you're like watching some of the gameplay, it's like what the hell? The protagonist is talking back after five yeah. games <laughs> or four games, or rather, uh, and it feels like this story and like all these basic uh, storytelling implements in other creators' overs, like suddenly that's here. It's it was almost that feeling of when final fantasy like suddenly in in 10 like they're all talking so it had to happen sometime i'm sure yeah for sure let's crack on so so ishin yeah begin to look for a new way to extend their power he has the real and so they this cult you know also this clan has this has their religious sect you know of the ashina clan um they're ordered essentially or they see their way to studying occult magic so the monks and scholars of the ashina clan discover <laughs> cough cough Bergenworth cough cough um, a supernatural phenomenon known as the undying using a ritual the monks are able to bestow a sort of immortality upon some of the soldiers of the Ashina clan right so as in again there's this uh, message we've seen in many stories of like if you try and tap into the the forces beyond mortal ken and the arrogance of assuming you can go from mortal to immortal and and mess with the god's inherent power that you'll be punished so so to end the uh to end the sentence it's obviously this has awful consequences as we were saying (laughs) for the afflicted uh and he says he uses an example of the headless which are are an enemy type that's been revealed um but as it even though there are consequences, um, it does result in a powerful army for the Ishin to command. So this concept of um, the pursuit of power, regardless of sacrifices, regardless of mutilation and um, death, um, we've seen we've seen some of that with Gwyn, you know, and um, other other aspects. But uh, would like to get your thoughts on, on, on this particular aspect, Sean. Yeah, I, you know, I think that makes a lot of sense. I, I'll be curious to know, you know, see how it pans out, how much he was, you know, an active player in some of this, or if these, like, you know, if this cult sort of sprung up alongside, or he just, you know, gave more power to, but those are just details. But I really like, um, the mentioning the headless Yes, is like, it's just really like, cause already you can see, uh, I can't remember his name, but in the, uh, in the dilapidated temple, you have an NPC who's undying, which, is really interesting, actually. I, you know, I, I assume it's because there's no info, but I'm surprised yeah. the fact that there's a an undying in our <laughs> like hub. 
isn't talked about more. I know. Because it seems pretty important, but it is an interesting idea. Like, yeah, if you're undying and someone cuts off your head, like, you know, that just seems like a very sort of from software, like, here's Oh, well done. I hadn't made that connection yet. Of course. Yes, undying. Why didn't, why hadn't I not made that connection? Of course, like, yeah, literally, if your body isn't able to die and your head is taken, then you're just ambulating around and... Gosh, yeah, and, well and they've they've covered that before in Dark Souls too. The idea of someone, you know, I can't remember his name now, but there's the NPC who's missing their head, mm. and they're trying to find their head, and their body's wandering around all mad. Oh my goodness! So it's so it's um so yeah, I, I really like that bringing up of the headless. I I didn't really make the connection of the headless and undying until I read this. Incredible, and yeah, I hadn't made it. Well done, thank you, man, for sure. Um, so if I'm gonna add a been to this or my own like kind of let's 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 see so okay i'm gonna look at this part of um so yeah there's the afflicted the headless you know there but the the army that they say that they that they were able to to command um so this is set as you know indicated by the the chapter heading a couple of decades before the beginning of our story so it says this uh, this army so do you think that um what we've been seeing obviously in the gameplay are just obviously very like easily murderable grunts you know um mm-hmm. but would you say that this army we haven't seen it yet we haven't seen some of these uh supposedly immortal um you know uh foot soldiers you know i'm i'm, I'm i think of the silver knights you know from from dark souls like yeah. an, an elite force elite force of some kind and do you have any idea of even just a like a you know throw it out on a limb kind of riff of what these soldiers might look like what they this speculative army that he that they've um that this guy is conceptualizing what do you think when we when would we encounter them and what are your thoughts about about mm. them yeah um yeah, I'm not sure because that that's one area where I'm I'm curious, you know, like, you know, because this sort of sets it up as kind of like in my mind, like a Lord of the Rings, like Saruman type thing, you know, exactly. is what it, it sort of evokes in my head the of this like unnatural creature, you know, as far as, you know, my my own assumptions, you know, before reading this was that, you know, the undying, you know, they had this this cult doing it, but that they had mostly been experimenting with like a few like elite people like you know even though we saw the corrupted monk you know i think the corrupted monk who is i would i'm my guess and i you know it's kind of nice to be able to guess here is that you know she's got to be around the senpu temple right like yes she's a monk she Mm -hmm. you know like you know it just makes makes sense that she would be around there but um you know so based off of that you know it's it's kind of hard you know yeah, I can't decide it what I would think that they would be like because my my conception was that it had been something that they still hadn't quite worked out, mm. but that they were still they hadn't been able to like uh, mass produce this effect. They were still playing around, okay. which is you know my own sort of like difference of like thought about this is like I feel like it makes sense to me that Asin was exploring these things and that he was you know providing this cult with whatever they wanted to have done. But it sort of feels to me like based upon also the story setup that like they haven't been able to quite do it and they're getting pretty desperate. That's that, yeah, like, that, that fits for me. And that fits with them yeah. having said, oh, well, these headless guys, I'm oh, sorry, the, these are out of control. And then like they probably mm-hmm. cut the heads out of desperation. Um, and we've seen actually, I believe we've seen the enemies that the headless are based on, um, the sort of large bellied um, 
yes. very pale, uh, completely mm-hmm. hairless. So I suppose that that's that's who I who I would imagine are um, constitute sort of uh, one 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 sort of particular kind of force or enemy type within this sort of immortal type and some mm-hmm. people are wondering when the fushigiri is going to come into play with some of certain enemies and i think mm. um that's going to be a gameplay element as as is the case with you know miyazaki's titles the enemies you know when i you know naively trotted into Yanamas, i'm sure we all did i was like oh we're just gonna see a bunch of werewolves here right <laughs> cut to mid of cut to like Two thirds or three fourths through the story, there's freaking sideways mouthed fucking silver beasts that are just like haunting yep. your dreams forever. Um, so I, I suspect that like if if we do see any kind of crazy, you know, I just I love I I I always associate Miyazaki with the ability to um, create completely terrifying and hideous creatures that still have mm-hmm. a shred of pathos to them. Um, yeah and that that poetry that tragedy and i think no better creature for me and is in all the sort of bestiary really uh of like miyazaki is the um sullivan's beast you know that animation when he's cl- clutching oh, yeah. his hands yeah um impromptu uh mid and mid analysis trivia if we can get um sean's official favorite creature slash boss design from any of the uh soulsbone titles and you can include sakura mm. if you like all right oh that that is a tough one. Yeah. Um, you know, like, cause I, I, I will, I will, I think I'm not sure if I would qualify it as my favorite, but, um, I have a really special affection for a certain type that doesn't seem super popular, which is, I really love the design of, uh, the cursed rod of Greatwood and the demon of song. That's incredible. Be, uh, because I just think those designs, I think the boss fights are are fine, and I, I actually I like the Curse Rod of Greatwood fight quite a bit. Yeah. But I just I just love that that really creepy thing of something coming out of something else. Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's just... like they have that similar evocative, and they're just they're just disgusting. But I don't think they get enough love, so I have to throw a shout out to those as like yeah. I think underrated boss designs. There you go. So if any of the uh, DeviantArt folks out there wanna. Uh, do a little kind of caricature of um, Sean just like cuddling <laughs> two little maybe like puppy sized versions of these bosses. Uh, that yeah, would be so okay, gross. that's much better. I was afraid you're gonna have them put uh, my face. On no, no, dude. <laughs> no way, no way. All right, all right, <laughs> back to it. So, all right, so this powerful army that that they're describing as having eventually achieved with many casualties and fucking experiments gone wrong mm-hmm. along the way, you know. So, so both yeah, Ishin. Say again, which I can definitely see. I'm I'm dubious of the idea of them being successful. Yeah, but I am 100 there for them trying and having things it failed. Happen. Those mutant roosters, <laughs> you know, no <laughs> amount of no amount of denial can can erase the mutant roosters from the world. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's crack on. So both Ishin and the religious sect become obsessed with the Undying, right? Which is again, like if you want to say. You know, I can see this term being a bit vague so that people forget. Let's just call the undying, um, you know, should we just call it the blood? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, uh, and they abuse this occult power surrounding it. Soon the effects of the undying begin to spread from the temple, uh, causing corruption of the animals and environments in the area, which again fits, you know. So mm. I, I'm actually, uh, personally, if I were to offer like, 
I, I quite like the idea of the world being inherently kind of hyper real and, and like um, myth, myth, mythologized without needing mm -hmm. to have had some kind of supernatural event. No. Like I want to imagine that even yeah. without all this kind of hectic supernatural stuff happening, that there's just down, down by the river, there's like a couple of kappa just like washing their yeah. little armpits, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I agree with you. That was, that was one. Yeah. You know, they might be doing weird stuff to the roosters, but like the snake exists. Yeah, and, you know the great serpent exists, and there's those little goblin-y looking guys, and I I just like the idea of like you said, like he's he's tapping into a mythological version of Japan. That's right. And I think that's just sort of that's just sort of how it is. I don't think I don't yeah. think that is I don't think it's being done by something. In exactly. I just think that's how the world is. Exactly. And again, all our love to uh, rake your own leaves, like we're just riffing, oh, yeah. you know, and this is magnificent. Also, like we have to kind of renew our vows of love throughout the whole episode for this amazing <laughs> post. So we will do that. So well, the next, yeah. Oh, you go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say, uh, yeah, definitely the caveat for me would be if, if it didn't spark discussion, then that would be a bigger criticism. Anything that sparks yeah. discussion is, uh, it means there's a certain quality there that means it's worth discussing. Exactly. And I feel like the reason both of us are on this episode is not only because like hype is real forever, live that hype life <laughs> hashtag, um, is that it's just, it's again, a part of that self-enhancing process when you're going into into a title, which is, it really does reward, like not all titles, hashtag not all titles reward at the close symbolic analytical um uh, you know interpretation and viewing it like you know what other titles for you really outside of souls and um, um please list them off if if, if you have them like it, it chambered you know if you have them out of the holster mm -hmm. what other things reward like a close viewing uh for you uh, outside of Soulsborne, man you know um you know it's a good point because i mean i mean Soulsborne has been the thing that yeah has really sparked that for me you know otherwise you know I, I think you can do some good deep dives on the Dishonored games. Oh, yeah. We have uh, to know, talk about that. Because they have an attention to world building. But, Ooh, um, so beautiful. You know, you know the, the, the FromSoft titles, their recent titles, have really been you know, the main thing where I pull a lot from. And there's, there's tons of games yeah. that have great worlds, but none of them have I put See? as much time into. Yeah, not nearly as much. And it wasn't a rhetorical trick question. It was earnest and honest, but at the same time, my like quasi-rhetorical answer is like, it's it's very tough for me out there to find anything as consistently like in-depth granular granular analysis rewarding as um mm -hmm. as the souls born and you and i have to have a if if you want to jump back on the show one time we we got to talk about derecine we have to mm -hmm. it's wonderful and <laughs> um guillermo del toro you're fucking up by not immediately starting to work on an adaptation of that like that is a guillermo <laughs> del toro ass fucking story you know yeah. um also i can also stop swearing if you don't like it it's just my my way i apologize oh no no, I was actually going to ask beforehand, and I, I had neglected just to uh, yeah. see if you were okay with the explicit tag. Because... I'm totally cool. Are you cool? Because sometimes people don't like swearing. I'm I'm happy to to amend it. Are you cool with it? Or oh yeah, no, I'm 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 fine if, okay. if uh, you know I it, probably the more I warm up and the more coffee I drink, the more I'll <laughs> yeah. The, oh, by the end of this for sure. Also, we're at fifty three. Are you good to keep going? Uh yeah yeah um you know we'll probably want to just increase the pace a little bit yeah just yeah so, sure like, I know we're having like, too much fun what are we doing I'll, I'll okay <laughs> I'll engage my like army instincts from back in the day okay here we go we're gonna <laughs> allocate a certain amount of time per sentence okay so here we go so three this is the next chapter heading so three years before the main events of the game 
Sekiro, Owl, and the Young Lord are isolated in the Hirata Estates and unaware of the changes un- un- undergoing the land, which to me makes sense because, you know, um, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he's... A, if assuming they have knowledge not 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 assuming of course they have knowledge of how special this child is they want to be protecting him and keeping him far away so that kind of mm-hmm. look besson's leon angle to it kind of works for me how's that they'd be protecting him away from what do you reckon yep. yeah 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 i agree like i you know i i differed in you know if the young lord is part of the harada family but he's definitely at the harada estates exactly obviously and i assume yeah the same thing that they're all hanging out there sort of away from the world a little bit that's right so during the year of the Dragon Spring pilgrimage, which, by the way, like Sean, I love this little bit. It's just beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, yeah, during the year of the Dragon Spring pilgrimage, a year when the uh, where the Harata clan share the power of the dragon blood uh, among the populace to heal the sick in the name of Reptar, which I love that name. Mm-hmm. Um, a gang of thieves, soldiers, and hunters storm the Hirata estates and attempt to wipe out the dragon heritage bloodline. Sakira and Al protect the young lord and manage to stop the attack, but everyone else of dragon heritage dies. Sekiro is forced to kill his old trainer, Lady Butterfly, who has turned on them. We learn more about this attack later on. So again, this feels um this feel, this fits for me. Uh, how about yourself, Sean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I yeah, this fits for me as well. And it's a point they'll get to later on, but my initial assumption from this is, you know, they did describe that thieves are attacking, but my assumption the whole the whole time sort of like as soon as we learned about the Harada states and stuff was that, you know, that the Ashina clan sent out an order, like it's time to bring the prince. We're going to do some stuff. And that Harada resisted yes. and that because they resisted, they sort of got pounded on. So they, you know, I, I, there's a twist coming later, but I would, my like speculation is that Ashina is somehow involved in attacking the Harada states. Mm, and so I was thinking that, uh, Lady Butterfly is being, or she's she's seen the chance where she's either going to be against Ashina or with Ashina, and she's decided that you know she's going to stick with her her you know her sort of her country you know in a way yeah. she's going to stick with the ruling power, and so she's decided to follow the orders and go against the the owl and the wolf, who in my mind are sort of going against you know essentially like their their local government you know they're, they're yeah. going against their lord's wishes so if i may say if we were to use the nomenclature fluttering from loyalty to loyalty yeah <laughs> yes indeed yeah and that kind of worked for me a little bit i'll allow it oh i thank you <laughs> thank you so lady butterfly which is again kind of badass a bit uh i wouldn't be surprised oh, if yeah. we get like a quentin tarantino movie called lady butterfly one day um <laughs> Okay, so yeah, for me on this one, really, yeah, again, it just fits really well as uh, something to kind of catapult the narrative, uh, you know. Um, mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of another mythological story where, like, a royal family comes down from the hill once a year to share their gifts with the populace and the peasants, you know. It's, it sounds like yeah. a trope. It, it works for me. So, um, yeah, happy to crack on. Yeah, you know that. Yeah, that sounds good. Awesome. So the beginning of Sekiro Shadows Day Christ. I figured, how about I read the whole thing and then we talk about it later. How about that? 
speeds speeds things up. The game story begins with Sekiro, Owl, and the Young Lord in hiding three years later. The Young Lord seems to have some kind of foresight due to being the divine heir. He gives Sekiro a new sword and offers Sekiro his blood so he can gain the power of the dragon heritage. The commander, the grandson of Ishin, is facing the destruction of his army by an outside force. He finds and kidnaps the the young lord for reasons unknown. He kills Owl and then cuts off Sekiro's arm and kills him. Question for you, um, what do you speculate this outside force may be and could it possibly be something to do with the undying? You know, I think, like, speculating, I was was of the mind, so, you know, the outside force could either be an actual army, you know, like another, you know, because it's warring states, it could be another state going against them, or it could be this whole thing with the undying and it's more of a supernatural force. I do, I can't remember where, but I do believe in a, in a in a one of those remnant sort of flashbacks where they have the ghost models between the young lord I and uh, Genichiro. I think he does talk about an imperial force or something. Yeah. So I think I think so. My speculation then is that the the force coming in is maybe even like the imperial force, like you know the official like from like you know the emperor or something. That yeah, of course. In. Yeah, last samurai style. And, um, you know. Yeah, and so they're so he's he's going to supernatural means because he knows that he can't take them on toe to toe because they're so much like n- more numerous and yeah. you know, I assume heavily equipped. Like actually is just pure speculation those those um in the launch trailer, if it's okay to talk about the there's of mortar course. guys. Yeah. And they're wearing this like red plate armor. I was wondering if they might not actually be the Imperial Force. Mm you know, coming in, but, um, that is, that is just speculation. It's just cause they're actually moving in the same direction. Cause another interesting thing to note is that shot is of the Ashina outskirts, but at night. Right. And, and the wolf, at least from the angle is he's coming from the other direction is normal. So it almost seems like they're taking a path toward the Ashina like castle. Interesting. Yeah. That's so right. like, yeah, so they're coming into Ashina. It seems it's possible. So um, yeah, I don't know how that'll play out, but yeah, it's. So I think the force may be an imperial force, yeah. and he's going to supernatural means to take care of it. Is yeah, just sort of my thought. Exactly, and obviously to provide the semblance of a structure, which is you know, it's required for an outline, even a speculative one. He has to sort of create these elbows and like knees in the narrative like to to sort of create this sense of structure and 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 texture so he picked something Mm -hmm. which in this case was an outside force even put it in in quotation marks but like also to fulfill this narrative beat it it could simply just be a further uh, you know just the yeah it can either be the ambition of the conqueror knowing no bounds and wanting to continuously like yeah get worse and worse in, in their desire for power so it's like they went from doing occult crazy stuff with the undying to oh well we we did more research and we found out that like draining this kid of his blood will allow us to transcend or whatever like that kind of stuff mm-hmm. so that fits for me as well so awesome yeah. so the last part is Sekiro revives with the power of the dragon heritage but he's still incredibly weak he's found and helped by the sculptor the sculptor explains how Sekiro has been revived by the power of the dragon heritage and has been given the gift of resurrection for those who um, um didn't really um 
If it didn't register, he's talking about how when, you know, he was found on the battlefield, Sekiro, he trained to become a shinobi and join, joining this sect of shinobi who are, it's like they, um, maybe like witches, you know, they they take this concoction or they, they get this transfusion of uh, divine blood. I'm also reminded mm-hmm. of Kingsglaive. Do you remember like Final Fantasy uh, 15? There's the, 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 the elite force that like partakes in the power of the king, you know, mm-hmm. that sort of divine yeah. power. So there's a bit of that there. Um, so yeah, he's been given the gift of resurrection. So he gives Sekiro his prosthetic arm, which I like immediately stopped me. I was like, oh my god, that that really fits for me. It could be the mm-hmm. literally the sculptor's own pr- prosthetic arm. It looks like the right length as well, yeah. you know. Um, so Sekiro assumes at this point that the commander has kidnapped the young lord to empower his army, but he's quickly made unsure of what he believes. So, what are your thoughts on this last paragraph, uh, Sean? Um, yeah, I, you know, I, I agree with that. I'm. I, yeah, I think the, the most, yeah, like you said, like, I'll be curious to see exactly how he gets, like, some blood from the prince. But, yeah, it makes sense that maybe they just, like, break in case of emergency sort of situation, <laughs> you know, or it's more mystical and it's something he can just sort of give, you yeah. know, to someone when he needs it. And it doesn't need to be like a, you know, he doesn't need to touch them. Maybe it's something he can just sort of, like, divinely bestow, divinely you know, being a divine heir. He, he may have sort of that ability so yeah i think i think this makes a lot of sense yeah absolutely absolutely yeah Um, and as far as the uh as far as the sculptor goes uh you know i think there's an item like that a pop-up that first when you first are using it that does say it comes from the sculptor and then i think it sort of further gets elucidated with maybe the axe arm is that yeah the the monkey shinobi i swear it's him probably the monkey shinobi at one point in his his earlier years give me that Sekiro um, prequel man yeah right (laughs) so because because i know there's there's some speculation that it might be like you know the the sculptor might be you know the the wolf in the future or something you know some sort of like time stuff and this you know it's possible but also fromsoft isn't really they're not too hesitant about having weird, like oddly weird connections, like two guys missing the same arm yeah. is, isn't something beyond like, I, I think that falls within their like suspension of disbelief. That's right. Range, That's right. Where they, you know, as a means to draw connections and provide a basis for the story. So we'll see if that ends, if there's more to it, but at least my thought is that, you know, it's probably just as it is. He's another Shinobi hmm. from back in the day and he's sort of passing it on to the wolf again that totally fits also yeah um folks tuning in they probably perked up at that idea. what sean talking about time travel yes that was an official tease from sean about what what happens later when things get <laughs> weird um a little bit of trivia here i i came across two names for possibly the same blade or both of his blades so one is uh fushigiri which is the immortal blade but um mm. playstation access actually referred to another katana called the kusabimaru um mm. And I wonder if maybe there was a name change or that could be because he has two katanas. So I wonder if uh, one of those swords could be um, could yeah. be one of those. Yeah. So. Yeah. I believe the Kusabi Maru is um, is the one is the one he's typically using, yeah. which is interesting that it's, it's also gifted to him. Because one one thing is, I believe I heard a little more information about the thing where I believe the opening is that the wolf is and this may be slight spoilers for the opening if someone doesn't want to know, but. I believe he might be in jail. The owl's gone, and the prince is being held. Okay. The young lord is being held. So just as a slightly like, I think at this when the game starts, that some stuff has already kind of gone down. Yeah. And, and he and he is already having, you know, you're not really 
told what happened just prior. And I think that's probably an intentional thing right. as it, as it gets talked about more like he loses his memories. So yeah, I think there might be some important plot points that are intentionally left vague as far as the setup goes. Amnesia, that good old best friend of all storytellers. Ah, but he hasn't remembered <laughs> yet. Ah, dose yeah. X memory loss. <laughs> it's fantastic. Yeah. Awesome, right? Well, cracking on with uh, Sekiro begins his journey. As Sekiro, oh God, as the wolf travels towards the Ashina Command barracks to retrieve the prince, obviously, he begins to see the corrupted form the world has taken on. Mutated animals and humans are everywhere. We spoke about this earlier. Mm. Uh, wolf learns that slaying his enemies seems, I love this, by the way. Shout out to you, um, uh, Rake Your Own Leaves. It's amazing. So, the wolf learns that slaying his enemies seems to power his resurrection ability along with the mm. use of other special items. It is as if those who oppose the dragon heritage uh, fuel its cause. I'm like, this. it feels like I could be looking at freaking Miyazaki's own like notebook. Yeah. Like this yeah, that is, totally that works for me. Line. Mm. Yeah. Absolutely. So furthermore, he discovers that while his instant resurrection ability can be exhausted, he still resurrects in the dilapidated temple when he fully dies. When this happens, dra uh, the wolf's dragon heritage draws from those around him to keep him alive rather than from the blood of his enemies, which again, totally works. You know, mm -hmm. it's like because yeah. he's had experienced that quote unquote deeper death or, or more complete death, the divine powers required to resuscitate him are yeah. are, are greater and have a greater cost, which is the, the, the price of the dragon rot. So, yes, this causes the dragon rot, a sort of, a sort of plague created by Reptar to punish the world for the death mm -hmm. of one with the dragon heritage. Not only that, but the powers that be perhaps Buddha, seem to look down upon him when he revives using the life force of his friends and allies, and he is punished with less unseen aid upon death. So the double double damage punishment whammy of uh, yeah. hurting your friends and God hating you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think about this uh, paragraph, buddy? You know, I think this, I think this is on the money. Yeah, on the money. I, I think because you know there's some question as to what causes the dragon rot to continue from a mechanical standpoint i really hope this is how it plays out i hope it's only true death not resurrection yeah because uh resurrection furthering it seems like it disincentivizes resurrecting and i feel like from a mechanical standpoint the game is wanting you to resurrect yeah they put, they put it in the title so i think they want people to resurrect <laughs> shadows die twice exactly and, yeah. and i like the idea that like I love the idea of him accumulating like enemy life force. You know, you already have that with the white spirit emblems. Yeah. Like it fuels everything he does. And so it, and it works out that way mechanically. So I thought that was a really good connection. And mm. then, yeah, I like the idea that when he die dies that, yeah, like it's like this yin yang, like, okay, because you didn't die, you have to sort of kill everything around you a little bit. Exactly. And that again, re reinforces good. that. Oh, sorry. I interrupted. Oh no! I just I just love that as a uh, as a concept. Yeah, yeah, and and it sort of reinforces that idea that if you mess with divinity, because divinity's here for you now, you know you had the occult people like tapping into it nefariously and really pushing the the laws of nature. But here you have something where it's been divinely bestowed upon you. But again, you can still mess with it even if you have that gift. And if you mess with that divine gift of being able to be brought back you know, dying too often, like, again, the world and the people around you will suffer. And I remember mm -hmm. reading Miyazaki saying, like, yeah, it's not going to be the same as the other games, um, but it'll be, I think he said something like, it'll it'll feel bad. I would suggest not dying because it will have an, I think he yeah. said something like, it'll be more emotionally puni punishing yeah. in, in a, in a yeah, different this, way. This is a, 
I know people were speculating and I was like, when I revealed this, I was like, yeah, no, that that's great. Like that's, that's, that is uh, not yeah. what anybody else really predicted that I saw. And, you know, that's maybe right. some people hit close to the mark, but I was like, you know, uh, Miyazaki does it again. <laughs> it does. It's such a so, unique take. And now I feel, yeah. as soon as I heard that, I was like, oh, I don't want my, my sculptor daddy to die. I don't want my Emma <laughs> sister to die, you know? Yeah. So we have to be careful. All right. Yeah. Well, I'll crack into the next one. So Sekiro fills in the blanks. The wolf makes his way through several areas, fighting bosses and learning more and more about the history of Ishin's reign. So this is where I'll put my little addendum. I put um, a list together of all these woodblock paintings, right? Which, you know, one of them was the Kakuen ape, which I did a huge speculative lore entry about. Um, mm-hmm. And it's the great white ape. And there is a couple of wood carvings. Uh, sorry. Um, so, uh, yeah, like wood paintings um, of, yeah, like a samurai warrior, just like straight up fighting a, uh, the exact same kind of um, overgrown white mountain ape, right? Um, and as I went down, I put together about maybe 15 to 20 of these, and they're just conflicts of a very Sekiro slash wolf looking protagonist, you know, in these actual, you know, 1700s, 1400s wood, wood, woodblock carving paintings of him fighting. You name it. Oh my God. Giant spiders, giant fish, giant toads, <laughs> giant weasels. Like this, there's, there's some crazy stuff that you could just go nuts with. I think we're going to see the widest variety of buses. Everything that was diverted away from the multiplayer aspect, from the customization, heavy RPG aspect, all of that creative bandwidth can now be directed into insanely unique uh, bosses. And also, mm-hmm. I think, a greater quantity of bosses. So, what did you think about that little uh, speculation there, man? No, I, I agree. I, I, I love the, the, the tying in of like the mythology here and I agree with you. Mm. You know, there there has been some speculation based off of trophies how many main bosses there are, but like for instance, um as a minor spoiler from the launch trailer, like uh like the the blazing bowl, which is a great design. Yeah. Um, straight out of a painting. It, it doesn't yeah, it doesn't have a trophy. So like they're mid like oh, they're like you have you have bosses incredible. and mid bosses. And if, if things like Juzu and the Blazing Bull are just mid-bosses, like those would be bosses in any other game. In so any other game, I exactly. Th- yeah. So I think I think they will I think you're right that they're really able to dial in these bosses and just make a good amount of them and make them all really unique in like you know, you'll have your samurai general like with your with, with Tenzin and uh, I can't remember the other like uh, the other name, uh, maybe Yamauchi or something. Yeah, but, um, the the samurai. But uh, yeah, so they they may be similar. You may have a few of those, but I I it really is promising that they're they're having these really unique, like you know, play very differently would be bosses yeah. than any other game. It's not like the Black Knight thing where they just have different weapons. Yeah, that's right. Well, just like unique experiences. Exactly. All that time, you know, and uh, that like the team who were like, oh, gearing up potentially to start it like right so um, Miyazaki is gonna get us creating fashion souls materials again hours and hours of creating all these like yeah <laughs> RPG tastic multiplayer tastic things and then he bursts through the door he's like guys we're not doing that this time I want you to design <laughs> all the mini bosses and go crazy with the new bosses and they're like yay a change in routine you yeah <laughs> fantastic <laughs> exactly. 
Right. He also um, continues. He says, so, uh, yeah, fighting bosses, learning more and more about the, the history of Hishin's reign, which is, again, he just said in one sentence, which is going to be a bulk of the game, which is that that middle section, which mm-hmm. we've all experienced with the uh, with the Soulsborne titles. However, all throughout Bloodborne, for example, even if we were in that chunk, that middle, you know, there's still story happening, mm-hmm. even if you're going from like big huge boss like Darkbeast pal to like you know other things yeah. um so at some point he learns that the bandit slash shinobi hunter attack on hirata estates was orchestrated by ishin now this is referring to the flashback am i correct sean yes yeah the the shinobi hunters um so this was oh turns out orchestrated by ishin who had been corrupted by the undying uh for years and planned to wipe out the dragon heritage the undying is Mm -hmm. sort of the yin to the dragon heritage's yang so again you could look at it as um uh you know if you're looking using a bloodborne metaphor there's the moon the moon presence is the really fucking evil great one and urden is just a great one and cause is just chilling mostly but uh, mm-hmm. moon presence is implied to be the the trouble child of, of the yeah. of the divinities so the undying is here has the um the analog of uh, the moon presence to the dragon hedge uh, dragon heritage is yang and uh, ishin refused to see uh, the honor in balance which is again we talked about how people who mm-hmm. you know don't uphold balance tend to suffer and and be monsters so Ishin sent his men into Hirata disguised as thieves, not only to keep the shinobi from finding and killing him should the assault go poorly, but as a matter of pride. Even though the undying had corrupted his mind, he retained some semblance of his honor. So this is just a kind of a nice, um, you know, characterization wrinkle, not too pertinent. What do you think, uh, Sean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, you know, I, I think it makes sense, especially for what they've set up. It makes sense to me. It seems like how it could go. Mm, for sure uh, last bit here is uh, the wolf also discovers that lady butterfly was swayed by the corruption of the monks slash religious sect of the ashina clan and that's why she joined them so again that's just reiterating from earlier so it's basically yeah like he just gets the world fleshed out for him so um did you have any mm. tidbits on that one or did you want to press on um yeah we, we could press on i think it, i think it makes sense you know like i explained earlier i think lady butterfly may be a little bit more practical like yeah. she's just maybe going with with power where she sees is like the winning side, but um, yeah, um, it, but with what they've set up, I think either way, it's sort of a, a betrayal of her fellow shinobi. Yeah, that's how it feels, and um, mm-hmm. it's interesting. And again, I, if I think about canon and and uniqueness, I, do, I you don't often see usually the, the the there's obviously the crone archetype of like the mistrustful wise woman, but um, you know she seems to have had some kind of standing. Obviously, Lady Butterfly, right? And mm-hmm. um, just the idea of this turncoat bounty hunter granny, it's just kind of great. <laughs> it's a, I'm all for it. Um, so the next chapter is Ashina Command. The wolf eventually reaches the Ashina Command barracks, only to realize that the commander plans to drain the young lord's dragon heritage blood using a ritual. He's doing this not to buff up his army, but to heal the country of the undying corruption and atone for his grandfather's sins. Simply put, the commander has some good intentions. Draining the blood of the divine heir is the heresy that he must commit to save his people. So that's meaty enough to throw it to you, Sean, initially. What do you think of something where we get a, a... big sort of pang of pathos for the um for the villain i i i definitely think i really like this bit i because i mean i don't there's not going to be any like mustache twirling evil. no <laughs> you know miyazaki that's that's not that's not his style and yeah. um i really like this as a potential for like he's trying to make up for it like because i i they i was i've been thinking about this for a while as they can't just make um the commander like just the dick he he's yeah. like 
he's going to have some nuance and maybe he's even going to be kind of right in what he's thinking from, from a certain perspective. Yeah. Otherwise the, the tension is it's not, it's, it would There's be no less tension. nuanced than I would expect out of FromSoft if they didn't throw something like this in. And I really like this, this concept of he's trying to make up for what his, his family has done. That's right. Also, again, must underline, this is a completely speculative entry, which is like really wonderfully nuanced. And again, this person, mm -hmm. in the interest of just throwing this speculative, he, he could have just given into the hype and been like, he's just made this giant bloated outline, outline, but this actually really fits. And now I'm at the point where if we don't get a bit of texture to the villain, I'll be like, yo, why didn't you listen to old mate, you <laughs> <Yeah>. know, <laughs> Mr. Yeah. Rake, rake Your Own Leaves. So, so for sure, so the next part says, this puts the wolf, obviously, asks the player, in a difficult moral position. The country is in turmoil, and the ritual that the commander is planning may save them all. But at this point, Sekiro is way too invested in saving the young lord to consider any other option. Mini shout out to, spoilers, The Last of Us. <laughs> you know, deciding whether or not to kill the kid um, uh, mm -hmm. that could potentially save the world or whatever. Uh, he infiltrates the Ashina command and reunites with the young lord while attempting to save him. The commander catches, catches him in the act and they fight, which we see a little bit in the latest uh, theatrical trailer. Yeah, theatrical. Mm -hmm. look, look at me. I'm sure they'll play it in the theaters. <laughs> um, yeah, official trailer. So the wolf loses again. I, I almost read this as the wolf loses his arm again. <laughs> two prosthetics. Oh, do you suspect something like that? Uh, like I'm going to throw it to you, Sean, speculatively, that turns out in the middle of the game, you lose your other arm and now it's two prosthetics. What do you reckon? <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I would, it's, been, it's been something that's thrown around. I think it would be kind of... Uh, comedic. <laughs> it was like a dark humor. <laughs> Sekiro <him>. Battle Angel. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah. I, I do really like the idea that he loses again, though. Like, that's something I hadn't considered. Yeah, I love that. But I think I think that's interesting because my assumption is that, you know, you you defeat the commander, but but then, like, that's that feels like, you know, you're, like, find, finding King Vendrick moment Except yeah. for then you realize, oh, it's just the first half of the story. I and love that. Like, there's this whole other thing, you know, that you now need to go do. Yeah. But I really like this as an articulation. It would be interesting to have this be like, you know, you kind of find out he's okay. He beats you, but then things happen and he ends up being like, you know, unsavable <laughs> exactly yeah and, and you know final fantasies chuck this our way a few times with you think you're getting to and you know japanese games uh, I, I find they do this quite well which has this sense of like the world opening up after you feel as mm -hmm. though some kind of conclusions about to happen it's like no you know this just means this was just the first chunk of the story and then boom the world opens and um mm -hmm. yeah i would I, I i personally feel like that's one of the most uh, generous things a game can do is to say by the way there's a whole other chunk right now like there's a whole other disc if we're going to use the playstation one analog mm -hmm. you know um <laughs> for sure so he loses and is cast from the mountain uh from the mountaintops deep into the sunken valley below and again there's no has there been a location revealed called the sunken valley no this is um, just this guy right yeah well, there's a there's a there is a map oh yeah translated as the okay. sunken valley okay there you so go. so i thought this was a really smart way to interpret that mm, there you go for sure awesome so yeah may not yeah like didn't come up with the name however great place uh to place the uh the arrival or sort of the when you arrive mm. in the sunken valley uh like Atreyu in the swamps, you know, like the the nadir of the story, right? Yeah. So <laughs> Atreyu, sorry, Artax. Okay, um, 
As, as the wolf travels through the next few areas, uh, he learns more about the undying and the occult nature of their being. The supernatural occurrences increase as, his journeys, as he journeys on and he gains more occult-type powers. Now, this fits for me because, again, with the uh, occult leader dude unopposed, um, we get the sense that maybe um, he's like siphoning the young lord's power and it's further corrupting the world. And again, the world Ooh. state reflects the poor choices of mankind, the unsavory, um, greedy choices of mankind. It's reflected in the world and things get worse and the mutant creatures get more dangerous. And that fits for me. How about you, Sean? Yeah, yeah, that, that, that fits for me. Okay, okay. So uh, the rest of it is, eventually, the wolf comes face to face with Ishin himself, who is now an old man and a horribly disfigured undying beast. He was banished, uh, Shades of Lawrence, you know. Um, mm -hmm. he, he was banished by the commander when he learned of Ishin's plan to end the dragon heritage bloodline. Uh which is kind of, he was banished um, because obviously, and this implies that he, he disagreed with the commander, like, oh, we shouldn't kill the child. And again, a great moment of uh, mini boss pathos of like, you know, uh, yeah, like the former lieutenant of the big bad guy was like, he, he you know, um, he wants to atone for himself or, or like he, he goes back on it or whatever. So Sekiro mm -hmm. defeats him, but is cast down into the spiritual world. So here, this is where shit gets really weird. <laughs> the wolf makes his way through the undying hellscape, fighting ghosts and demons of every sort. I suspect that we'll discover uh, JSF somewhere. Just heard this and like perked his ears up. <laughs> um, <laughs> we'll discover that this isn't the first time men have been made have made this mistake or trying to tame the power of the undying, and that this cycle has been going on for hundreds or thousands of years. Uh, again, there must always be. Someone in the German wheelchair kind of thing, you know? Um, yeah. He eventually makes his way out and continues his way towards the Young Lord. So that's a massive amount of story happenings there. And I have so many thoughts. And But I have to throw it to you, my friend. Uh, Go for it. Yeah, I mean, given what they've set up, I think this would be... I, I would really like this version of what happens. <laughs> yes. You know, to, to take things into the spirit realm. Obviously, I have in my pocket always, whenever people say, how is Sekiro going to get weird? I'm like, it's going to be something where we do have established, hey, where do you think some of these freaking concepts from Bloodborne came from? Like the hellscapes and all that. Like Japanese myth is replete with that. But also, you know, you got a bit of Lovecraft in there. But then, yeah, other mythologies talk about underworlds. But for me, this... I couldn't find much more reading on it, man. It's That's what makes me think that it could have a potential mm -hmm. of happening. So in the Wikipedia article for Tengu, some of my earlier episodes on Sekiro, I like speculated heavy on, on the Tengu. And like, yeah, if you look on it, it has this thing, it's called the Tengu realm or the Tengu world, which reads a bit mm -hmm. like how people talk about like the fairy world, you know, or the old world, like mm -hmm. from, you know, Celtic myth, like this is where they take you. So for me, do you think it will be an actual other map like Nightmare Frontier style? Or do you think it will be visiting areas we've been to, but with this warped kind of maybe Soul Reaver mechanic of, you know the locations are are what they were, but but they're sort of warped, and it's like an alternate dimension. What do you what do you reckon we might see? I'm I'm sort of leaning towards a change to the map. Oh yeah, me you too. know it would be cool to go into another another place. Yeah, but I, I think maybe just for economy of design, and you know maybe given what they've done in the past, that they may warp the world as if you know the corruption is getting real bad in the world, and the world is really you know yeah. in a bad place. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah. Um. I actually, I need to get going. Yeah. Okay. So we have uh, to cut things short. I um, was, I was wondering if you might want to speak instead again. of instead of cutting off the end of the discussion, if you wanted to 
to have another recording session. I would love to. That sounds perfect. Yeah, I can. Would you be maybe, happy with maybe. me recording this one? Um, sort of releasing this one as a part one, and we'll do another part two. Yeah, yeah, that would that would that would be great. Um, yeah, because I don't I don't want to cut off. I've been loving the discussion. Me too, man. This has been so you know, great. Cut off, cut off the ending. So too um, easy. Yep, absolutely. We, we'll make plans, but maybe I don't know if Friday would work for you at the same time. So in like two days. In two days, same time as this. Absolutely done. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Easy let's. Uh, well, I, I will uh, send you a message, but let's let's go with that. Sorry to cut it short. No, my my, and and I knew we were. Uh, who who like? I suppose we we. Uh, I sh I ought to have seen it coming, but because I know all <laughs> all your takes are always super insightful and the way you articulate it, and I'm glad that we take the time to sort of sit in this stuff. So I'm glad we're rescheduling. Yeah. Man, have a fantastic rest of the time of day that you're at, which I forget because I'm also <laughs> getting tired over here. It's been a pleasure, yeah. and I will I'll speak to you in a couple of days. Okay, perfect. Thank you so much. Till soon, Sean. Nice to meet you. Bye. All right. I think we've got a wild Sean on the line. Okay. Finally, <laughs> yeah. It's, uh, I, f I forgot that sometimes the uh, I just use the you know browser version, so I okay. think I actually had this issue pop up a well, long ass time ago. But yeah, that's cool. So man. how my how my levels through here? It seems y good. Yeah, everything is seeming pretty damn. Spiffy, let's have a quick look. Okay, so my super high-tech way, guess this, Sean, uh, of uh, figuring out levels is um, just looking at the little wavy lines yeah. and making sure they line up. How technological am I or what? Are you impressed? <laughs> yeah, I'm about on the same level, so don't worry about it. <laughs> awesome. Okay, well, when I'm at this distance, that sounds good. And now you say something. All right, I will say this. Oh, thank you for saying this. All right, I'll put, put you a little bit higher. And if you could kindly say one more thing, maybe you can uh, enlighten us with some kind of wise tidbit of wisdom. What's a what's a, a life hack you can pass on to us? Something you do around the house? Um, start every morning with coffee. Okay, that's <laughs> that's like the the universal life hack, really. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. That that's what I'm doing right now, which is why it inspired me. Excellent, fantastic. Well, my friend, let's get the show started and uh, yeah have a good one man enjoy yeah all right in three and two and one